We usually buy three barrels of olive oil. This is for my family and for my parents. We're six people. Uh, Each barrel is about 17 liters. And this is barely enough. We use it a lot. Ibrahim Husseini is a Palestinian journalist who writes for aljazeera.com. And while much of the world was covering the pandemic, the lockdowns, or the U.S. election, Ibrahim was writing about olive oil. It's got a strong flavor. People here like a strong flavor. In Palestine, the olive oil, when it's been freshly uh, pressed, it has uh, almost a burning taste the first week or so. Then the flavor will settle down and it becomes maybe more acceptable to people from outside of Palestine. So you recently had a first-time experience buying olive oil in Jerusalem this season. Yes. Can you tell me about it? It was olive oil that was imported, a bottle from Italy and a bottle from Spain. The production this year was really bad, unlike the previous year. There are millions of olive trees in the occupied West Bank, and they're a main source of the territory's agricultural income. But the olive harvest is often a source of conflict between Palestinians and Israeli settlers. And many reported attacks already this year from Israeli settlers. A spokesman for the Israeli settlers says they reject all violent attacks on any side of the conflict. Israeli forces say they investigate any attacks by settlers and that they safeguard harvests and keep public order. Palestinians dispute much of that. And this season, that conflict was worse than usual. Over 1,000 trees were reported burned or damaged. Around 23 Palestinians were injured. And the olive harvest is happening in a new political climate. Israel has approved more than 2,000 new illegal settler homes across the occupied West Bank. Despite a deal reached with the United Arab Emirates in Bahrain, in which Israel agrees to suspend its plans for annexation. A destructive operation in the Jordan Valley that has left dozens of Palestinians homeless. Palestine says Israel has timed the move while the world is distracted by the U.S. election. Three Arab countries signed deals with Israel to normalize relations this year. But on the ground, Palestinians are not seeing results that look like peace. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Today is a quick take, and in this episode is a story that didn't make many headlines this year. This is a slice of life from the Palestinian olive harvest, and like many things in the Holy Land, it's complicated. The olive tree and the olive production is complicated without politics. To have a good production, you need to tend to the tree, you need to prune it, you need to plow the land so the tree can give you a good harvest. The olive trees in Palestine are very old. There's one tree near Bethlehem that is believed to be four or 5,000 years old. It's believed to be the oldest tree in the world. Ibrahim says the age of the trees and climate change also play a role in making the harvest difficult. But attacks from settlers are the immediate threat. These settler attacks happen year-round. They intensify around the harvest time. And the last thing that the farmers need is to worry about settler attacks and politics and reaching their land. Usually in this season of olive picking, it is a very nervous season because every year we have a big problem with the settlers. 
Sayel Kanan knows this firsthand. He's a mechanical engineer, but he also owns some acres of olive trees. He's from a village called Borka, near Ramallah in the occupied West Bank. Borka is centrally located on the way to several Palestinian cities. And it's also close to an Israeli settlement. They have a settlement in the north side of the village called Giv'at Asaf. And what these settlers did, they have a tent in the top of the hill of the whole or most 50% of the olive fields in Burqa. And they sit there and watching anybody move toward that area, they attack him. Farmers fighting to reach their crops is a central part of the conflict over land in the West Bank. Israelis who want to claim Palestinian territory will often establish a physical presence, often by building some temporary structures at the top of a hill, like the one that Sayel mentioned in Borka. Ibrahim also saw the hill when he went to Borka to cover the olive harvest. He wasn't able to talk to the settlers, but he's heard from Palestinians that there's also a new prefabricated home there. And Ibrahim says the settlements, even if they're not actually on the land the Palestinians want to reach, still become an obstacle. They have to obtain a special permit from the Israeli army in order to go to their land, because if their land is close to an Israeli settlement, the army, under the pretext that they want to stop friction between settlers and Palestinians, they would order the Palestinians to keep away. And they would allow them a few days before the harvest to come and see their trees. But that's nowhere near enough. A few days around the year is not enough. In October, Sayel says he and the other people living in Borka got together to try to harvest their olives. We announced that all the farmers must go to our olive harvest together. And instead of being attacked, at least we could help each other to defend ourselves. But Sayel said that on two different days, dozens of settlers on top of the hill prevented them from reaching their olives. Suddenly, they moved toward us, about 50 to 60 settlers toward the farmers. Then they start throwing stones and they have like a, a metal sticks in their hands and they start hitting all the farmers, women's kids. We try actually to stop them, but unfortunately we get few people get hurt because we are not actually going to fight over there. We're going to pick the olives. Sayel said the Israeli army intervened to stop the fighting and told them to come back on Friday. So they came again after Friday prayers to try to harvest the olives. But Sayel said the fight that day was even fiercer. And what happened soon, we finish a prayer. The settlers put fires in the trees and we get angry and our people start to get the fire down and the army tried to stop us. And we start insisting that the, the trees are getting burned and we're supposed to stop that. And they fire us with a tear gas. Their trees went up in flames, but they weren't able to reach them. Sayer says the army shot tear gas at the villagers to keep them away from the trees and the settlers. And we started crying from this tear gas because it hurt actually the eyes and it hurt actually the heart. And if I want to keep talking, I will stay one hour. 
because it's not the first time it happens. It's been for the past 15 years. But even throughout those clashes, people did manage to harvest some olives in Borka with the help of volunteers. Ibrahim says in the past, international volunteers, as well as Israeli peace activists, also came. But this year, Ibrahim said, the foreign volunteers couldn't enter Israel because of the pandemic. You witnessed an effort to protect some of these olive trees Mm -hmm. with the help of volunteers. What did you see? So these volunteers were Palestinians from the nearby villages near Burqa. Some of them came from as far as 60 or 70 kilometers from the location that we were at. When Ibrahim went to Burqa, he was stopped at an Israeli army checkpoint, and he had to walk to the village through an olive grove. It was a two-kilometer walk from the checkpoint. He heard the clashes before he arrived. You could hear the Israeli army firing tear gas rounds towards the activists. I'm very used to seeing clashes between the Israeli army and activists or villagers, so uh, you immediately know what to do, which direction to go to in order to, as a journalist, to try to see what's happening without getting hurt. Although the army tried to block the volunteers from reaching Borka, they eventually did. And they immediately uh, went to an area in Borka where the, the local farmers haven't been able to reach for years because of the settlers. And the farmers took advantage of the presence of the the activists, the volunteers, and they went to to pick the olives there and to tend to the trees to see what happened to their trees that they haven't been able to see for a long time. Burka is one of the main sites in the conflict over the olive harvest. But this year, many other farmers in the West Bank were also prevented from reaching their trees. And for Palestinians, that problem goes beyond a bad harvest. I cannot emphasize enough how important the olive harvest is for Palestinians and for the Palestinian farmer. This is a very special uh, time for the farmers, for Palestinians. It's it's a celebration. It's a sacred time. This is o- almost blasphemous in Palestine to cut down an olive tree or burn it. Olive oil is a major uh, uh, food in the Palestinian cuisine. There's no other alternative for olive oil or for olives. So it's a very important tree. Um, it's, it's a symbol for Palestinian resistance, a symbol for Palestinian steadfastness. The olive tree lives for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. It, it, it's, it has a special place in the hearts of Palestinians. Going back to that moment in the supermarket, how did you feel when you had to buy imported olive oil. And how did it taste? It felt very strange. We never do this. We never, we rarely buy olive oil from a supermarket in a bottle, a one liter bottle or 750 ml bottle. We usually buy it from the farmers that we know. So this is sad. I mean, it wasn't a good experience to buy olive oil from a supermarket. It it didn't taste bad, I must admit. It it was decent, but it felt very strange. And that's The Take. 
This episode was produced by Alexandra Locke with Oni Wohacha, Amy Walters, Dina Kispe, Nagin Oliai, Ney Alvarez, Priyanka Tilve, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is the Take Sound designer. Steve Lack designed this episode. Natalia Aldana is the engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is the executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Special thanks to Rania Zabane. We'll be back. <laughs>